Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. White, call the jab steps, comes up shooting top three, bam, put him in the hole of fame. Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. One more, one more y'all want me to prove, man. Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Joining me now, Matt Peck. Locked on Bulls podcast. Producing podcasts left and right, even in the offseason. On Twitter, at Locked on Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. I don't have Twitter. I don't do anything like that. And I love what you guys do with the show. I listen to every episode. You guys are one of the best podcasts, period. Y'all keep going with you do best. I love you guys. So kick back, relax, and get ready for the best hour of your day. It's 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 raw. You can just see the vibe. Locked on Bulls starts now. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Okay, cool. I was hoping it wasn't one of those knucklehead programs. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up at our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you matt welcome back from the weekend i hope first and foremost you enjoyed your first live sporting event what seems like forever man uh i will tell you this i enjoyed bulls basketball friday and sunday but i'm glad you got to go out and and catch a cubs game in this opening weekend but how are you how was your weekend what up jordan uh what up bulls nation hope you all had a great weekend yeah man it was just great i mean not only did we get some pretty uh awesome entertainment, uh, you know, Saturday night from the Zags, uh, UCLA game, man, what, what a finish. Um, and what a game that was entertaining. And then Sunday to be able to be at Wrigley field again, man. And, you know, um, one of the people working the door, you know, said, Hey, you know, welcome back. We're happy to have you guys. And I was like, man, you have no idea how happy I am to be here. Um, and you know, uh, shout out to Greg Braggs and, uh, and, uh, Jody Reardon, couple of people who found me at Wrigley because they saw I had posted a picture on Twitter and uh, Braggs came over to uh, our section. We chatted for a while, um, you know, talked about our mutual fandom, how happy we were to be there. And then I met up with uh, Jody outside uh, by the Santos statue uh, after the game. So it was just awesome to get out, to see people, to be at Wrigley. And man, let me tell you, limited capacity Wrigley Field where there are no lines for the bathroom and very, very short or non-existent line of concessions. Dude, that's the way to do it. I like I kind of hope that this sticks around for a while. It seems like everybody was enjoying themselves out there. And that was cool, man. I keep thinking about the, the next time we're actually going to be able to go to a Bulls game and the type of experience that's going to be. And we talked a lot about that last week. So good, man. I'm glad you did. It was so nice out this weekend, too. Oh, I was just... Dude. Usually, if you're a Wrigley in early April, you are miserably cold. <laughs> so anybody that's not from the Chicago area, we had a really we had like the most perfect spring day, probably the only spring day we'll get, and then it'll be eighty percent rain for the next two months. But yes, yesterday was a 
perfect, perfect day. Um, speaking of the Bulls, though, want to get into both of these games. The one from Friday night against the Jazz, which continued the Bulls losing streak, but the Bulls snapped that losing streak against the Nets on Sunday in a, in a very bizarre matinee game that I, mean, I actually enjoy it from a fan perspective, but the games are just so damn sloppy, man. Let's start with the Jazz game first. I said it before we started recording. I think the Bulls played the best six quarters combined in these two games that they have played all year. The first two quarters of that Utah game completely changed my mind and my, I guess, my mindset for this team beyond this losing streak. These first five games and even the All-Star break coming back, Bulls have played weird defense. Things just haven't gone right. The adjustments seemed like they weren't sinking in. Finally, for the first time, we saw guys actually giving a crap on defense Uh, closing out on Utah, making it extremely, extremely difficult. And the Bulls had something ridiculous, like 36 points in the paint in the first half. So I was was thrilled with their first half against the Jazz, man. It was awesome. Yeah, you. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, they finished with a 68 to 40 edge over Utah in points in the paint. That's insane. Friday night. I mean, just massive. Uh, 26 assists. That's a good number to hit. You know, the Bulls have been hitting 30 uh, a number of times this season. But just the ball movement and the fact that. Uh, and shout out to Cody Westerland. Uh, you're you know one of the OG hosts of this show, and also your guy over at 670 and. Um, Rob Schaefer, who were both talked about this on Twitter this morning, the turnovers are coming down um, and, and maybe Vooch's presence and just having another quality passer in this uh, rotation in the starting five. I think in like the 140 plus minutes he's played in a Bulls jersey since the trade, he only has three turnovers. Zach's turnover numbers have come down since the trade because he has had some of that burden lifted off of his shoulders. So they're they're taking care of the they're taking better care of the basketball. They're moving the ball, they're moving off the ball. It all looks really solid. Um like you said, you, you know, th- that first half in particular, it's a shame that they let Utah go on that little run to finish the second quarter that dug the Bulls at halftime hole, but then they responded really well at the start of the third quarter and erased that lead. And um you know, how often do we talk about the Bulls just being a dog shit third quarter team? It was nice to see them respond that way after they had played so well. And then just a few bad possessions before halftime, all of a sudden they're down 11. But man, like the fact that the Bulls only shot 25% from downtown and they have been kind of struggling behind the three point line recently as a team. If they sh- if they hit a couple more of their threes, seven for 28, you're talking about them beating the best team in the NBA and getting that signature win against the Utah freaking jazz because everything else they did, the, the points in the paint, the, the team defense, like you said, was all really, really good. Things are gelling for them now. And that was the first time. And I don't, it's hard for me to say that the bulls play to their competition level because they've been smacked around by some good teams, even as of late, but Utah, this team, I was I was getting ready for like a 40-point blowout. I was like, this is going to just be an extension, ex- especially without Zach. This was a really good game. And a couple other notes on this game. Just the 8-0 run in the second quarter with Patrick Williams on the fast break and absolutely hammering a dunk down. Tice blocked Gobert in the second quarter too, which was awesome. And yeah, the Bulls scored the first 16 points in the paint. That was an emphasis. And I think you bringing that up about the Bulls not shooting particularly well from the three over the last couple of weeks. It's weird because they all of a sudden just started relying on shooting a bunch of threes and that hasn't really been their game all season. It made the offense kind of stagnant, I felt. And again, in order to stay in games with 
really good teams like the Bulls have played over the last couple of weeks, you're going to have to start knocking down threes. But I'm glad that they pushed more of an emphasis on getting buckets down low and it opened everything else up. Even though this ended up being a loss, I was pretty happy with the way that they performed. Yeah, man. And it's um, it's a very encouraging sign that the adaptability of this team, because they earlier on this season were all about pace. You know, Zach and his speed, Kobe and his speed, they played fast and they shot a lot of threes. Um, and, and it it was working at first and then it kind of stopped working so well. And then just in this sample size of what, five or six games since getting Vooch and the other guys in these trades, their pace has slowed way down, but their efficiency scoring in the paint, they went from like ranked 20 something in paint, you know, paint scoring efficiency to first in this sample size of these games since Vooch's arrival. I mean, that is an immediate reversal. And yeah, it's going to take some time adjusting to a new system. But if you're not winning and you're not efficient with your fast pace of play, and the Bulls were the worst team in the NBA with turnover percentage and turnovers per game because of, in part, that fast pace of play, you're slowing things down and you're cutting down the turnovers. I'm all for that. We're going to get into the Nets game in a minute. I just wanted to let you know, as we talk about our friends at Bet Online, Matt, Utah is the best team at home this year against covering against the spread. They're 18 and 6 this year. Well, they were 18 and 5 coming into this game. I was like, okay, the Bulls are 11 and a half. They're getting 11 and a half points. I was like, this might be a good game to take the spread here, even though Utah was. Utah's been phenomenal. They're second best in the league overall as well. It's something ridiculous. Against the spread overall this year, they're 31 and 18. They're covering 63.3% of the time. So for the Bulls to be able to uh, hold on and cover the spread with the 11 and a half points only losing by seven was awesome. Uh, so your suggestion, I believe you said take the Bulls 11 and a half points on Friday. That was a pick that you gave away. I did. I did. I took it and I hit it, baby. I, yeah. I I just had a feeling as good as Utah has been covering their spreads, especially as you mentioned at home, I just thought that what we had seen from the Bulls since the trade, they were working up to giving the Jazz a good fight. Um, and so, you know, they it, it's, a, it's a bummer they didn't get the win, but the Bulls plus the points hit, and it hit pretty easily. It's awesome. And so it's, again, another testament to what the Bulls did on Friday. And they also had a really great game against the Nets. We'll talk about that in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. So if you do want to bet on the Bulls spread or you want to bet on some player props, or any other team around the NBA, you can do that at Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. you got the national championship game tonight. You can bet on that at BetOnline. BetOnline even covers you for awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Day and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use the promo code locked on when you sign up for your account to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Matt, let's uh, talk about the Nets win because even though they were Kevin Durantless and they were James Hardenless, they still pulled out a really good win against a team that 
can give you something in a week like I said a weird matinee game especially with the Nets being on the road I was like I don't know how the Bulls are going to play coming off of the loss coming back home and we having about 24 hours of rest having to play early too just kind of weird circumstances but you stop Kyrie and you basically stop this team and the Bulls did a fantastic job of that shout out to Troy Brown Jr. recent acquisition from the Wizards man he locked down Kyrie for most of the time otherwise Kyrie was probably dropping 40 or 45 like Booker did just a week ago he did a great job and had some awesome quotes at the end of the game what did you like from this Nets win yeah so I watched it uh, this morning uh, because you know I was busy soaking in baseball and some sunshine at Wrigley during the uh, during the Bulls game I had people telling me like hey Matt um, you know anytime that the Bulls and Cubs overlap you should probably just go hang out with the Cubs because <laughs> your absence cashed them in a W finally I don't know maybe maybe I'm bad luck uh, but it was really just nice to see um, an efficient night from a lot of guys uh, you know Vooch 10 of 17 for 22 chipped in 13 boards uh, and the other, you know, Zach had a, had a fairly uh, chill 25. He still, just like he did in Utah, struggled behind the three-point line. I think he was two of eight Friday night against Utah, and he was one of five from downtown against the Nets. But guess what? Maybe Zach Levine is going to start getting some calls, finally, some respect from NBA of re- officials, finally, because he got to the free throw line 12 times. So you love to see that from Zach who certainly deserves more free throw attempts than he's gotten this season. And can we talk for a second about Troy Brown Jr.? I know that he didn't dazzle in the in the box score. He had six points, seven boards, though. Uh, you know, for, for a guy like that coming off the bench is big. But just like the, the defensive presence, the, the, the capabilities of this guy as a two-way player, he's still so young. And I thought, you know, as I said to you, Jordan, on this podcast, low-key, maybe the, the the biggest steal the Bulls got in all of those various trade acquisitions. And I was losing my mind that Denzel was getting minutes over this kid up until Sunday when, bam, Troy Brown, 28 What's minutes off the bench to Denzel Valentine's 11. That's the right direction, Donovan. Let's keep things going in that direction. I'll go back to Troy Brown Jr. in just a second, but congrats to Denzel's brother, who's getting the head coaching job at Loyola with Porter Moser moving to Oklahoma. So good for him, man. Uh, he's worked his ass off there, and part of the reason why Loyola has been a great team in their two runs that they had. So big opportunity for him and his brother. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess I was a little... Does, con- does Denzel go straight to being his brother's assistant coach at Loyola, or does he go play in China for a year first? I promise you, if Denzel <laughs> wants to focus on the music career and basketball is kind of second nature to him, a coaching job on his brother's bench would not be a bad idea, but Denzel's still got some playing time in him. I promise you, even if he isn't here next year with the Bulls, He's got at least three seasons in him left. I mean, look how look at how many games Jabari Parker's played since he's left the Bulls, and how bad he has. Denzel's not even as bad as Jabari was, and he's still got multiple opportunities. Jabari just got waved by the Kings, man. I mean, how more rock bottom does it get than that? Jabari did play two more seasons after getting traded. Just about two more seasons, though. Yeah, you're right. You're right, though. I feel bad for him, um, but he's made a lot of money. So uh, back to Troy Brown Jr. really quick because this quote was awesome, man. Uh, our buddy and former Lockdown host again, and Cody Westerlin had a tweet after the game on uh, the Nets game on Sunday from Troy Brown Jr. and him talking about like he didn't really understand how he was going to earn playing time with the Wizards. And one of the first things he addressed was how he's able to get playing time from Donovan and how Donovan kind of followed up on that. So let's take a listen. 
I'm happy, you know, uh, just being able to know that, you know, there's something that I can go on the court and do, and I know that's going to impact the game, and coach is going to be happy with that, you know. I, th I think that was the hardest thing in Washington was I didn't know what would get me on the court. Like, if I scored, if I assisted, if I played defense, it was, like, hard for me to figure it out. But I feel like the first day I got here, I talked to Coach Donovan, and he told me, hey, I need defense right now. And so for him to tell me that and then actually act on it, and, you know, and give me a role to play defense, it, it definitely gives me an opportunity, and that's all I ask for. Keep giving him minutes, man. He had an awesome late in the game, or actually I should say two. there was two fast break plays that he had and two just hustle plays that we would see Shaq Harrison do last year. One was in the first quarter on a Sadoransky steal. He was the first one out of the gate. It was like a missile, man. Out of the gate, thro Sato throws the ball to Troy Brown, and then he gets an and one on the fast break finish. So that was cool to see. And then late, man, the Bulls, like the Nets were still hanging around with two minutes left in that game. Still uh, like around eight to ten. Zach hit a critical three, and that three doesn't get hit if Troy Brown Jr. doesn't come up with the offensive rebound with a minute and a half left. So credit to him. He's doing the things, the scrappy little things to get himself some more playing time, and it starts with defense. He impacted it completely on Sunday. So I'm good for him, and it's cool. Like there's an example right away of, the co of how a coach can impact a young player, and Donovan did just that. He rewarded him for exactly what he told him to do to get, to acquire playing time. It's cool to hear that, man. It is. Um, and hopefully he will continue to build on the momentum he had from his performance on Sunday afternoon and continue to earn those minutes. Um, you know, I, I've, I've said it before, but when you are A.K. Eversley and Donovan and his staff evaluating where we are now post all of these trades, um, Obviously, this team is still trying to fight to make the playoffs in the East, and I think it's still very much a possibility. Definitely a must-need uh, or a much-needed win against Brooklyn to get back in the win column, but why not give good looks at the guys you got in these trades? Because you wanted them. You, you traded for these guys because you wanted them, so play them. Um, I don't think that you know playing Denzel over playing Troy Brown is going to get the Bulls closer to a playoff spot that they're fighting for personally. I don't, I, 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 you know, we know what Denzel is and he's fine. And sometimes he makes you tear your hair out. And sometimes he hits a ridiculous shot. Troy Brown jr. Is oozing with potential and is younger than Denzel and not on, you know, this expiring contract one year qualifying that Denzel's on. So see what the kid can do in this rotation. You know, I, I love seeing 28 minutes for him off the bench. He had the most minutes of anybody off the Bulls bench on Sunday. Keep doing that. I, I mean, what what is what do you risk versus what do you potentially gain by just feeding that kid minutes? There's a reason, too, why Denzel got pulled from that Nets game. Did you see the pass that he made that he ended up getting called a charge on? Did I see? Of course I did. <laughs> I mean, that like those types of things, I get they're flashy and awesome, and that was a great pass, but look what it resulted in. Like those things are just like 
it's mind numbing. It's mind numbing at times. And I'm I'm somebody who likes Denzel's game, but that's a clear example. Is like, all right, man, you continue to make mistakes. We're gonna find somebody else to plug that hole. And Troy Brown Jr. did that. And so I think until he makes a mistake or goes into a rut, we might see a little bit less of Denzel. And again, maybe this could just be matchup wise. It's like maybe we need a little bit more offense tonight. Denzel gets the run over Troy Brown Jr. Maybe we need a little more defense against the team. Maybe he. Get, it could be a matchup thing too. But I think you are on to something that. Denzel is sort of fizzling his way out of the rotation, at least right now. And maybe this is an opportunity for Brown to get some more playing time, and it could affect the Bulls positively. It has over the last two games, so I'm expecting more from him in the near future. Yeah, I I think it's fair to expect more from him. Uh, Let's uh, close up with a few more thoughts on this win over the Nets and then maybe a little look ahead to who we have on deck um, in Andy playing the Pacers on Tuesday night. First, though, Jordan, want to tell all of our listeners about our great friends at Built Bar. Congrats, by the way, to Coconut Brownie Chunk for winning Built Bar Madness, um, a, a true and deserving champion because that flavor was redonkulous delicious. The new and improved Built Bar is even deliciouser than ever. Check out some of their other new flavors like cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Plus, you got some of the OG flavors, some of my favorites, peanut butter, mint brownie, and Jordan, you just said you had a toffee almond the other day. Those are great too. Um, These Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. Great for the health-conscious sports fans out there. Loser maintain weight while indulging in these delicious treats. Low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Take, for example, the Cookies and Cream Built Bar, which has 17 whole grams of protein and only 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Jordan, after we finish recording, I'm going to get my workout in for the day, and I'm going to reward, reward myself with the birthday cake with sprinkles built bar. I got one left. I've been saving it. I'm doing it today to get through my Monday. Right now, our Locked Up Bulls listeners, if they go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED1515 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. I had a chance yesterday, Matt, after uh, taking in the early matinee game. I got a chance to clean up my entire car for the first time since this winter hit and also got a chance to wash and wax my car. That's how nice it was here. It's bizarre in April that we get this type of weather, but that was a great opportunity. You can find all of those detailing detailing products at rockauto.com. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us? Box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Matt, let's take a glimpse around the Eastern Conference. Actually, do you have any other follow-up thoughts from just the game this weekend, or did you want to take a glance around the Eastern Conference? Yeah, just wanted to quickly mention, you don't need Denzel shooting out there when Daniel Tice is knocking down his threes. You know, just want just wanted to say that <laughs> real quick. True. That is true, man. And maybe this is something to get angry about during Mailbag this week, but I just saw people getting angry and saying that guys like Makoka and Devin Dotson should be getting playing time. I'm like... 
where where have you been all this this entire season? I'm like who? who what, how many games have you watched this year? <laughs> I think Felicio should be getting more minutes. It's unbelievable, man. So, yeah, maybe we'll reserve that for mailbag later this week. Uh, but I was just thinking about it. You know, is the Bulls going on this little bit of a losing streak over the last couple of weeks and some injuries happening around the league and some other teams taking off? Let's take a look quickly at the standings. I know everybody wants to laugh about the playoff thing, but it, it's still like the Bulls are in the play-in game right now. Is if, if things ended today, the Bulls are in. The Bulls sit at 10th at 20 and 28. They're two games behind the ninth spot behind the Pacers. They are four games out of the eighth spot behind the Celtics and the Knicks. They're at eight and seven. Then you have the Hornets, Heat, Hawks, Bucks, Nets, and 76ers at the top of the Eastern Conference. Matt, we were just talking a couple of weeks ago before the trade deadline that the Bulls were only four games out of the fourth seed. They've climbed themselves into a little bit of a hole. They're at 10 now with a lot of teams jammed up where they're at. I think there's an opportunity, though, here. If uh, if the Hawks cool off at all a little bit, they might come back to earth and the Hornets missing Gordon Hayward for over a month, I think, is going to help the Bulls if they're looking to move up spots, maybe from 10 to maybe get into that eight or seven. I could see the Hornets falling, but it's unfortunate timing for the Bulls in hitting this losing streak when they did because you've got the Hawks on a three game winning streak, the Heat on a four game winning streak and the Bucks at the top on a three game winning streak, too. So it's made things a little bit difficult and the Bulls are going to have to play catch up through this tough schedule. Yeah, um, I mean, at least they're out of the woods of this Western Conference road trip. Um, that that was brutal, and I I was not anticipating many wins, if any, um, which ended up being the case. Um, you get a good win against a shorthanded Nets team, and now, you know, Pacers, Raptors, Hawks, Wolves, Grizz, Magic, Grizz again, and then Cavs are your next handful of games through the middle of April. That is a great opportunity to start stacking some wins with these new pieces um, now that they've had a little bit more time to gel. Uh, you know, I think the Bulls benefit from the fact that, you know, this Toronto's only a game and a half back of the Bulls right now, but that team just seems to be a team that is just calling the season a wash. Like, you know, they can't play in Toronto because of COVID. They're playing in Tampa. There's issues going on. Like, they didn't end up trading uh, Lowry. Uh, but, you know, they're not, you know, I, I don't see them or Washington or Cleveland or Orlando or Detroit as a threat. Like the Bulls might just qualify for the 10th seed by default. I'm just looking at this now, but why are the Bulls scheduled to play nine of 10 games on the road? Like if you look back to where they started in San Antonio, from San Antonio to the game that they play next week against Memphis, the Bulls will have played nine of their mm-hmm. 10 games on the road. Yeah, just that one home game yesterday against Brooklyn. And then, yeah, they're at what is that? Indy, at Toronto, so at Tampa, at Minnesota, at Memphis. I mean, continue to shaft us, please. <laughs> Seriously. It's a good point, though, Matt. Like, Toronto is a team that you could easily pick up some ground or separate yourself a little bit this week. They play them on Thursday. Right. These are matchups that the Bulls got to win. You're right. Toronto's an important game. Atlanta's an important game. Minnesota's a game they should win. Indiana will be a good test. Don't sleep on Memphis, though. Memphis is a damn good team with a lot of like role players that don't care much about their own stats. They're guys that are just looking for wins, and 
they've been competitive all year long. So I could see that team giving the Bulls a little bit of trouble. But this, you're right. This is a perfect opportunity over the next couple of weeks leading up to Boston at the end of the month where you could really pick up some wins and the Bulls will need them in order to play a little bit of catch up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's um, it's a doable schedule. You're right that you know they still have the back end of this stretch of nine out of ten games on the road, um, and so you know, and winning on the road even in COVID times with limited capacity fans, it's it's, it's still not easy because of the travel. Um, but yeah, they can gain some ground and they could create some distance between them and the Raptors. Uh, you know, basically like get two games in the standings if they manage to beat them. And, and and you know and get closer to Indy um, if they beat them tomorrow night and and try and you know pass them to get to nine instead of ten like there's there's a lot of room to make some moves and and really establish themselves as okay well we're not sure where we're gonna end up between seven and ten but we know we're gonna be in there um, and, and you know I think like Boston New York are both twenty five and twenty five Charlotte's twenty five and twenty four. As you mentioned, Atlanta and Miami, both 26 and 24. I, I don't see the Bulls like tearing off, you know, 10 straight wins um, to go to like 30 and 28 and get a couple of games above 500. But if they can just, you know, have a stretch where they win two out of three, three out of four, four out of five, there's plenty of schedule left. Like we got games into the middle of May, remember, this season because the season was delayed. There's a lot of games left for the Bulls to make up some ground. Bulls are four and four and ten coming out of the All Star break, and they're they've lost eight of their last ten games, which isn't great, uh, especially when you got five more games on the road. But you're right; this is a perfect opportunity to turn things around. Right hey, man, their road now. record's better than their home record this season. They're it ten and sixteen at home, like ten and twelve on the road. <laughs> it seems like it's always like that, and that's a conversation we need to talk about. Is like, why are the Bulls consistently bad at home? Like there you know should be why? no reason. My for buddy that. Big Dave will tell you it's because they're wearing red instead of white at home. Stop it makes with no that. sense. Get Change out of here with back. that narrative. Get out of here with that. It's uh, garbage. That's why they're losing at home. Wear the whites. Wear the home whites, Bulls. Uh, the last thing I got for you, real quick. Have you been watching Boston at all since the trade deadline ended? And why the hell is Luke Cornett all of a sudden setting screens like he's the best big in the league and drilling threes left and right? Why? Something to prove, man. If a player gets traded, they're like, oh, man, chip on the shoulder. That team didn't want me. Cool. I'm going to go out and prove myself with my new squad. It's the same shit with Chandler Hutchison, although he only had like that one good game um, and then had that clapback tweet, you know, like one man's garbage. And then his games after that tweet have basically been garbage. He's got box scores with like just zeros and twos and ones, just nothing. Uh but, you know, if there's a former bull that I am happy for right now, it's Wendell with some of these strong games he's had with Orlando. Um, you know, they uh, they got their rear ends kicked a little bit, but he has had some good games where he's putting up double doubles where he's getting close to 20 points or surpassing 20 points. And and you're like, oh, hey, yeah, remember when we thought this is what Wendell could be, should be, never was? Sometimes it's just that change of scenery thing that a player needs, man. In five games, Wendell's averaging 15 points, 9.4 rebounds, two assists. Uh, he's pl- playing on an average of 27 and a half minutes a night. That's what happens, though, when you got literally nobody else around you. Is like Now you can kind of focus and be the number one priority. Too, right. so. I mean, that Orlando team has nothing. Oh, man. 
Chuma Okiki though is cool, is fun to watch. He's the dude from Auburn a couple of years ago that had the yeah. devastating knee injury. He's been mm-hmm. a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I have no ill will towards anybody that's left this team, especially recently. Like I hope that they have other opportunities similar to like what we just played with Troy Brown. That can happen somewhere else, and I'm okay with that happening to guys like Hutchison, Gafford, Wendell, whoever it be. Sometimes change of scenery is good, and I think we need to start seeing, and maybe people will start to realize that a little bit more, seeing what what drastic changes happen to Troy Brown Jr. the rest of this season. Maybe that gives Bulls fans the op the opportunity to see it from the other side is like we acquired a player in a weird situation, buying low, and they end up being great and turning into something. I think that'll ease the pain of Bulls fans thinking we traded a lot of way just to hit a ceiling. Yeah. I, th- I think so too. Um, and hey, man, we'll uh, we'll get to welcome the uh, the Luke Cornette Celtics uh, a couple weeks from now. I think April nineteen. I saw on the schedule, Bulls Celtics. So we'll we'll see if he's still you know just raining threes and setting screens for them. But like in their blowout win against the the Hornets uh, yesterday, he had two points in nine minutes. Oh, of two from downtown, two rebounds. Like whoop de doo. <laughs> Robert Williams has played really well for the Celtics the last couple of weeks, man. He's turning into something. They have a fun small lineup that they play, and I think you can do that when you got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum out there at the same time. So, yeah, focus this the next two weeks. If the Bulls can be four and one, I'd be very happy over the next five games on this road trip to wrap up. If they go three and two, I'm good. The concern I'm going to have is if they start dropping games, they go two and three, one and four, don't win a single game. So um, I'm excited. I think the Bulls are on a little bit of a roll. They got some chemistry and they're figuring things out. So excited for tomorrow's game. Thanks for everybody to listening to today's episode. You can hit us up at 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. You can email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley at Bulls underscore Peck and at Locked on Bulls. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley. Bulls Nation, have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.